Lead Generation Strategies for B2B Tech Companies, a podcast by Brightvision. Here, you will learn how to generate great leads from the most experienced B2B sales and marketing people. Your host today, and always, is Jakob Levenbrand, CEO at Brightvision. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to the B2B Legion podcast for tech companies. My name is Jacob Levenbrand. I'm the managing director of Bright Vision, as well as host of this podcast. Today, we're going to talk about a very interesting topic, the future of selling. And we have an expert with us here that will discuss that topic with us, Tun Yus, who is an expert in sales and sales coaching and uh, have written numerous books. And also is just uh, having a new book released called the tech-powered sales achieves superhuman sales skills. So with that short introduction, it's so good to have it with us, Tony. Thanks, Jacob, for inviting me onto the show. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Awesome. Yeah. And maybe we can start off with getting a little bit of uh, background. What do you do and uh, what's your story, Tony? <laughs> Well, Jacob, I've been in professional selling for 35 years. I've run my own companies in Australia and the USA. Uh, for most of my corporate career, I ran the Asia Pacific region for North American tech companies. As I understand it, your audience is predominantly uh, tech companies in Europe. So I've served as the CEO for the Asia Pacific region for companies including OpenText. Uh, I left the corporate world uh, in terms of running companies uh, 10 years ago. And I now consult to some of the biggest brands in the world and scale up businesses on how to really drive uh, strong sales execution. And my customers include Salesforce, DocuSign, Adobe, SAP, uh, Telcos. I sit on a number of advisory boards. Uh, I've written three books. Um, and when I work with leaders in the tech sector, uh, the reality is the number one problem that most leaders say they have in their business uh, is not enough opportunity pipeline. Uh, and then the second big problem domain that I work with is how do you uh, manage the complex opportunity to make sure you progress and win? Um, and then the third domain problem I do a lot of work with organizations on is the retention and growth of existing clients. I think for tech companies, especially with recurring revenue streams, these as a service models, the, uh, the sort of dirty secret the sort of cancer in many of those businesses is churn. Uh, so I work on strategies to really resolve those three things. But uh, but that's, in essence, my background. Great background. And very similar to our client rooster at Brightvision as well. You, you mentioned you'll be working for several of our on and off clients uh, that we have been working with over the years. So really interesting story there. And I'm sure we have a lot of to talk about. So... We could probably go down a lot of things since you have a long career and a lot of areas you're comfortable and uh, educating around. But I would like to talk about the future of selling specifically because there's sure. so much going on in the sales and marketing landscape right now that are a lot tech-driven. We have the AI revolution. We have a lot of software coming up. Um, I think most of us uh, now have seen the the Martech landscape map that explodes year for year for year with new vendors in different uh, new categories coming and so forth. So I know there's a lot of people around this, you know, what should we do and, and so forth. So if we try to start a little bit on the, on the uh, 
at the top of the the, the uh, topic here, what are your main prediction on how sales will change going forward and and so forth with all these things going on, so to say? Well, the thing that the, the thing that we predict in the latest book is that uh, we make a lot of predictions. <laughs> we, we we figured let's be bold. Anybody can sit on the fence. Uh, one of the predictions is that one third of field B2B salespeople will disappear this decade. And if we think about what's gone, in the, gone on in the world in the last 24 months, all selling became inside sales. And the thing we talk about in the new book, Tech Powered Sales, is that we've always known that to be successful in selling, you need reasonable IQ. Uh, you, you can't be dumb and be successful in anything in life. Um, the next thing, the second thing that we need to have as a trait is we need high EQ, emotional quotient. We need to understand ourselves and how we relate to others, be able to read body language, manage politics. The third thing that we think is needed today, this is a new cue, is TQ, technical quotient. You have to learn how to wrangle the tech stack in order to be effective. And in my view, the future of selling is where uh, buyer intent meets seller relevance and that the identification and the matchmaking is done very early by technology. So technology is going to act as a digital assistant, in essence, a virtual sales assistant for sellers. Uh, and we know there's already lots of technology that does that. You know, there's AI that can go out and assess the personality of the person that we're seeking to sell to. There's technology that can identify trigger events that occur within your ideal customer profile type of target uh, organization. Um, and it can, it can tell you that person. There's sales intelligence tools that give us the best channels of engagement. They provide mobile phone numbers for us, for example. Uh, AI can watch a Zoom call. Uh, it can assess talk ratios, body language. It can give us coaching. So there's lots of things happening in the future. What we know is the, the future is full of technology. And right now we are in the fourth industrial revolution. And what's happened in the last two years with COVID has been uh, a catalyst event for a digital first world. So sellers uh, need to figure out how do I go and be effective in bracing tech and how do I engage with my clients in, in, a, in a digital first world. So just being able to get on site with a customer and really build that emotional connection um, and rapport is increasingly difficult. So, so there's some of the key things. So interesting, yeah. And I think uh, we have definitely seen that uh, change start to happen at Brightvision as well, since we're heavily involved in inside sales, for example, with our clients. Yeah. And I think that's very interesting. So if we dive into this a little bit, what do you see if you were a sales manager for, for a sales team today, where would you start breaking down these things? Should you start hiring a new type of person? So should you try to re-educate the existing team? Should you try to remake the field sales persons to more inside sales? Or where do a sales organization start to struggle through these major changes we see coming up here? If you're a CEO or a sales manager or a sales leader, uh, one of the things you need to recognize is that with all selling becoming inside selling, uh, what typically is happening is that the inside sellers, those uh, 
ISR, uh, SDR, BDR, whatever your XR du jour is, uh, all, all of those people are, are executing their roles and extending further into the buyer's journey and our cycle. And uh, the, the people driving outbound, creating opportunity pipeline, even if they're responding to inbound from what your marketing is doing, they'll provide more discovery and qualification deeper through the process. And one of the things I'm seeing is that the more senior people are executing in the field to really instill that final level of confidence and close the deal. So inside sellers are increasing the value that they provide uh, and obviously the money that they can earn. Field sellers, I think a third of them will disappear. And the big challenge for field salespeople, that traditional account executive that's uh, whining and dining and taking people to lunch and living on an airplane and traveling through Europe, uh, those people especially really need to figure out how do they provide the level of value that really funds them in their role? So, you know, what, what we need to do as people is think about what do machines do well? What do we as humans do well? And let's not fall into the trap of spending lots of our time doing what machines could do. Mm. And I gave you that example of monitoring for trigger events against your ideal customer profile which is very different to say a tool like Bombora that would give you buying intent. The, the buying intent tools that marketing departments often use, uh, what they do is they make us aware of a potential opportunity to make a sale, but in an environment where it's all red ocean, all of our competition are typically aware of this at the same time. And it's this shark feeding friend, fr frenzy of the buyer trying to treat every seller as a commodity. But strategic selling, by definition, is based on having clarity about our ideal customer profile and then the buyer personas we sell to and then monitoring for trigger events and having the right conversation narrative, we can actually execute strategically, which is engaging early at senior levels, helping them build their business case, gather consensus inside their organization for change, manage all of the politics and risks, and in doing so, we create an unfair bias toward us, but an unfair bias uh, against competition. So the competition will really struggle if we've been in there early. And we always act in the best interests of the client, but that's what strategic selling is. So we're opportunity creators rather than just responding. Um, so if you look at what humans do well, uh, fun, humor, storytelling, transferring belief, um, genuine empathy, managing politics, setting a vision for a brighter future, um, being, you know, genuinely curious and using our imagination, you know, all of these things people do well. And that's what, that's what we need to focus on as humans and, and let technology do the things that are automatable. I think that's really interesting. And especially the example you gave there of trigger events and, and analyzing data and behavior. I think there's also a problem with data, sorry, technology yeah. that, that it might also reinforce <laughs> You know, if you do things bad or sloppy and you put a robot on it and it does it like 10,000 thumbs over, <laughs> can also be a challenge, a problem. How do you see the risks of automating and uh, technologifying our sales process? The risks are huge. If you've got a rubbish message, so if in, in essence, if your outreach narrative, your message, if it's all about us and what we do, it's the wrong message. It's an absolute wrong message. If you don't show the buyer that you've done your research and you're relevant to them, 
it's the wrong message. Now, there's, there's a bit of a paradox here. I'm saying you have to get good at using technology. You need to automate to drive effective activity at scale. But most people automate bad messaging. They try to inject personalization. There's a concept called liquid syntax. Uh, there's sales engagement platforms out there. Probably the best known one would be uh, outreach.io. Uh, SalesLoft is popular in, the, in America. Salesforce have introduced a capability called high-velocity selling or sales inside um, uh, the Salesforce platform. But the idea here is that you can manage the, the sequences and push out those sequences within a cadence to drive outreach. And if you can then get some proof of life, maybe you do pixel tracking in your tech stack to see if they've opened the email or forwarded you then think, ah, you know, now I'll call them or I'll follow them up. We obviously don't tell the buyer, we notice they opened our email, that will be a bit creepy for them. But, but the big danger is we, we build a tech stack and we start automating, but we end up burning through our list very quickly for almost no result. We damage our brand and we end up with our domain being blocked because we're seen as a spammer on the internet. So there are many, many dangers in automation. So we need to be very careful in how we automate. Now, one of the keys to addressing this problem is in segmentation. So if you segment a big list of accounts that you're going after, the ones with lowest probability or propensity to buy, you may decide, hey, we're going to run a predominantly email campaign. We'll try and find people in the buying window because at any given point in time, only 3% of the market is actively looking for what we do, but 40, nearly half of the market is open to change if we can position their opportunity to drive improved results in their role. So for attraction into that 40% of the market, we need to build messaging that doesn't appeal to people already in the buying window. We want to appeal to people with a level of dissatisfaction or frustration in the results that they're struggling to achieve in their role. So we build a point of view on how they can drive improved results. So that, that requires, to do that effectively, requires pre-search. So the idea of automating the personalization is difficult. So I've received, I'm sure you have too, Jacob, I've received very clumsy automated emails. I'm based in Sydney, Australia. But you know, hey, Tony, I noticed that you, know, you live in Sydney. Does it make sense to talk? Going, well, no, five and a half other five and a half million other people live in Sydney. I don't think that's the basis on which I want to talk to anybody. You know, I've got twenty one and a half thousand unread emails in my inbox. I've got three hundred and forty thousand first degree connections and followers in LinkedIn. I'm being bombarded by people wanting my time. So you you need to do something better than that. Do you work as a sales, marketing, or channel manager and would like to generate great leads to your B2B tech company? Then we are here for you. By creating a qualified sales pipeline and strengthen your position in the tech industry, we help you grow. Depending on your needs, we use effective strategies like inbound marketing, telemarketing, account-based marketing, and paid media. Get more information on brightvision.com. And that's so interesting because uh, I think yeah, a lot of companies are, are struggling around finding those uh, connection areas and, and what's really gets 
the dialogue moving and so forth. And uh, it's hard work. And, and it, as you say, there is no free lunches or, or shortcuts to doing yeah. a, a well thought out sales process where, where you actually connect and so forth. So that's so interesting to hear. So talking about that, we, we came, you mentioned a few tools there and, and so forth, but if we dive into a little bit on, on the practical side on the sales tech stack today, yeah. what do you see are the most interesting technologies coming up that you would recommend sales or marketing organizations or ROI driven processes, so to say, yeah. uh, uh, invest in or at least start checking out? Yes. So, J- Jacob, I know your audience really dealing euro, uh, n- not in US dollars. <laughs> so maybe we just translate this. But um, on average, a a tech business is spending about $1,000 US on the tech stack per rep per month. Um, That's rapidly doubling. And I believe it will end up as high as up to $5,000 per month per rep. And you go, really? My God, that's that's as much or more than you pay the person. I go, "Well, well, yes, right? So if we look at what tech is going to be able to do, because... Technology has already passed the Turing test. Um, I don't know whether you remember when Google Duplex was announced about four years ago, but they played on stage on the launch live recordings, sorry, recordings of live real phone calls where Google Duplex, uh, both a female version and a male version, you can have any nationality of accent, (laughs) you know, that you like, any gender, any type of intonation of voice, you can even inject personality and they use the colloquialisms of the local of the local culture. So if it was in Australia, they, they'd use the term mate, right? So it does all of this, but they showed a, a bot phoning human beings and booking appointments. Um, one were, and both of them were complex environments, really. Uh, one was talking to a person where English was a second language. It was a noisy environment. Uh, the human being wasn't really understanding the very simple request, uh, but the human beings had no idea that they were talking to a bot. So it's already passed the Turing test. So you know, I know that I know the world will rebel or revolt <laughs> if if computers start, you know, driving outreach at people at scale. It'll all be legislated against. I definitely understand that. Um, so let me maybe talk about the sort of essential tech stack. So every business needs to have a CRM system. You need a single source of truth about customers and prospects and a way to support you know, their buyer's journey and our sales process and their life cycle. And a good CRM will also include the marketing automation piece. The next thing you absolutely need is uh, social networked intelligence, uh, things like LinkedIn Sales Navigator. The third thing I'd say is essential uh, is a sales engagement platform, something like outreach.io or using high-velocity selling inside Salesforce. You then need data enrichment tools. You need data enrichment tools. Most people are drowning in the very data that can, that can save them, but data enrichment tools that help us find the insights, and that includes the next category of tech, which is around trigger event monitoring. So as an example, um, you know we know that our role-based trigger events are really powerful. And at a, at a simple level, anytime a senior executive who is a fan of you and your business, they're a client, a customer, if they leave and go somewhere else, we want to congratulate them on the move and follow them. We then want to find out who's replaced them and go and engage with that person before a competitor does. We want to use the person coming into the new role 
There's a way to elevate the engagement. As we earn trust and respect with that person, we want a referral to where they came from. So this is the domino impact of trigger events. And we need to get onto these trigger events fast. Um, so, so that's another piece of technology. And then two other things I'd recommend in the essential stack would be uh, parallel assisted dialing. So the ability to, to drive phone dialing at scale, it's the only way you can do that effectively. Um, if you're not using that, then certainly integrating your dialing software into CRM. Um, for example, being able to use things like Gong and record the calls, use them for coaching, plug AI in uh, to monitor the ratio of talk time, buying signals, all of those things. And then the last thing that's essential in the tech stack is, is some sort of collaboration and engagement uh, tool set, right? So you can collaborate digitally with people. So that's really the, so that's really the essential stack. Now you can see that's, that's a lot of money in building that and configuring it and doing it well. And then when we look at the optional stack, I, I, won't, I won't go through all of the list, but that's where we get into things like intent data, um, front side chatbots on, on your website, real-time voice guidance for people on calls. There's, there's about 1,200 different pieces of technology that, that um, companies can, can look at purchasing from, you know, from different vendors, not 1,200 bits of technology, 1,200 vendors that are trying to sell all these technologies. Mm. So there's been this Cambrian explosion of, of sales tech. There's been for a while now a, pr a proliferation of MarTech stacks, uh, but these will all obviously converge as well. So interesting, really interesting. And one of the areas there you mentioned, the enrichment and data and in, uh, trigger events. I think that is probably one of the areas most companies struggle today because as you say, they're drowning in data. Um, people are like, yeah, I got LinkedIn Navigator. I just go out there and hunt for, for meat, you know, and, and <laughs> run on everything, so to say. So I think yeah, that in combination with, with a very clear ICP is important. But can you break down a little bit? What kind of tools do you see are, uh, if you want to start taking one step in there, could you give an example of a platform you know works or what should you connect to your LinkedIn navigator or so forth? Or what's what's the first starting point? Well, LinkedIn Sales Navigator, if we're talking about the category that you just described, is, is probably the most obvious thing. Yet most salespeople treat Sales Navigator like, like a gym membership, right? Like someone else is paying the, the expensive monthly fee for them, but they hardly ever go, right? Um, and the reality is the thing I find is if I, if I sit down with a seller or if I'm in a virtual meeting, I say, you know, hey, hey, Mike, can you share your screen for me? Can you, can, can you go into Sales Navigator? Now, sometimes they're not even logged in. And to me, you should be always logged in to Navigator if you're doing your job properly in B2B selling. But can you jump into Navigator? Let's, uh, let's imagine that you're doing a trip to London in two weeks from now and you're going to be there for two days and you want to fill your calendar with really good appointments let's imagine COVID's all over and gone show me how you use sales navigator to find the companies and the individuals that that you'll target and then show me how you use Nav navigator in the pre-search right the research pre-phone call outreach phase or in-mail phase Show me how you go and find the things that will enable you to do effective personalization or contextualization. Because we need, we need to show relevance to the buyer right out of the gate. 
right? So when we run outreach, we need to show them that we're relevant to them. We then immediately need to have a point of view on how they can drive improved results in their role. We then need to have some great questions that we ask. And then if they go, well, how would I achieve all of those results? We need to be able to provide a next level of information that does not talk about us. It instead talks about the strategy that achieves the result. So we need to talk about the result they could drive, the strategy that enables that result, and then that will lead to the value of what we offer, how we enable the strategy. But most sellers go straight from, we've got these capabilities. <laughs> you know, Can you tell me about your business? And the reality is the people that we're trying to get to, they are not lonely and bored and looking for another friend in the business world. They're not looking for more change or risk in their life in changing out their, their tech stack. Um, uh, they're not looking for another friend from the world of sales. They just want their time back. So unless we lead with why they should care about the conversation with us, we're really dead out of the gate. So what I would say is, Everyone needs to actually, you know, make yourself a cup of tea or pour yourself a glass of wine or, or a beer, <laughs> you know, turn the TV off and actually spend hours inside Navigator, saving your accounts, um, you know, using Lead Finder, uh, using the um, tools that enable you to map, map the power base and the relationships inside an account, save all those individuals as leads figure out, you know, what are the trigger events I want to be monitoring for inside the organization that, that give me a reason to contact them and, a, and valid context for the other person. So just using Sales Navigator well, uh, if you're using Dynamics or Salesforce, you know, I would really encourage you to invest in integrating Navigator into CRM. Uh, so CRM, any tool you give a seller, unless you provide it to them in a way that gives them back their time and enables the process, the sales process for them, they just won't use it. So, you know, for, for example, if your salespeople need resources internally to help in the sales process, you should just have a rule. You, you don't get any other resources unless certain boxes have been ticked as far as qualification and discovery information. And it doesn't exist unless it's in Salesforce or in Dynamics or you know whatever the C pipe drive, you know whatever the CRM is is that you're using. So we want tech to enable process, and we want it to give people back their time. So we know, for example, if you know you do Zoom meetings, uh, you know there's plugins that can be recording and then transcribing the call. They obviously you need to ask the 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 prospect or customer permission to do that. Say, so, hey, look. I'd really love just to focus on our conversation today. I've just got a plugin I'd like to turn on that'll just transcribe the call for me so I can just focus on you rather than taking notes at the same time. Is mm. that okay? Mm. And, and what, what's already here today, but you can implement later, is AI that can be listening in, right? Mm. And actually screen popping and coaching, right? It's amazing where all of the tech is going to, is going to go. Wow. That's so... Um... Great insights there, Tony. Thank you so much for that. And uh, that's a really good starting point for a lot of us uh, who's in B2B sales. Uh, start working more insightful into how to use uh, Navigator, for example, but also, yeah, really do our homework. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, time flies. I know you're a busy guy, Tony. So I'm so grateful for you sharing all these insights. 
And now we just scratched the surface a little bit around this topic, but uh, I would really recommend for all listeners interested in this topic to, to pick up your book. So maybe you can give us a little bit uh, where we can find that book and where we can find more about your content and your other books as well, Tony. Sure. So feel free to connect with me in LinkedIn, Tony J. Hughes, H-U-G-H-E-S, in, in LinkedIn. So please feel free to connect to me there. You can go to my personal public speaker and author website, which is tonyhughes.com.au, tonyhughes.com.au. And all of my sales methodologies are being delivered as e-learning programs at salesiqglobal.com, salesiqglobal.com. I've got um, hundreds of videos, podcasts, webinars, uh, published over more than 600 articles. So there's lots of content. You'll find links to that on my Tony Hughes website. Really encourage you to pick up Tech Powered Sales. I co-authored this book with a savant genius in using tech stacks for sales, uh, um, Justin Michael. So get hold of Tech Powered Sales. It, uh, it was a bestseller in five categories on Amazon the day it was released. And it's published by Harper Collins Leadership out of New York and also the American Management Association. So, Jacob, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Tony. And all the best. And uh, catch you on the flip side. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to Lead Generation Strategies for B2B tech companies. Don't forget to subscribe. You will find it where podcasts live. Discover how we can help you with your lead generation activities at brightvision.com.